Greetings, friends. This is a forecast addendum recorded on August the 28th for the forecast that I have already created that is incorrect. I'm calling this addendum an ode to Mercury in Pisces, which I have in my natal chart, and Mercury has trickstered me pretty hard. <laughs> or I don't know, maybe... Mercury and myself are trickstering you, um, but I made some mistakes on the podcast that I recorded, and it's so lovely, and it's in such good flow, and the spirit of it is right on, and the planetary energies are right on, but I can't let the inaccuracies just stand as if they're correct, because they're pretty big, and it's around dates that I've got some dates wrong on the on the forecast that I made, and you know, timing is fairly important in astrology. And I'm just laughing my head off about this because truly Mercury is in detriment and fall in Pisces and does not give a fuck about precision or correctness, which of course drives Mercury in Virgo absolutely mad. <laughs> so I have this polarity inside of myself and any of my Mercury and Pisces homies, which I know some of you IRL, you have this polarity in yourself and in the context of our culture, it can absolutely make you crazy and make other people around you crazy and be such a hindrance to communication in the usual ways but it's actually incredibly powerful. Mercury in Pisces is a storyteller. And I always say that stories are humanity. I mean, stories are who we are. It's, it's like our blood. It's like the, the blood of the collective is made out of stories. And Mercury in Pisces is is the creator of these stories. Mercury in Pisces is the poet. Mercury in Pisces communicates to the human heart and to the human spirit. Mercury in Pisces is able to bring truths through from beyond the technical, rational accuracies that are also important, but they are not everything. So it's a fun little thing. I I got the timing of the dark moon so wrong. <laughs> and I didn't even get it 24 hours wrong. I got it, it the, the dark moon happened early on, oh, let me make sure I get this right, I've written it down. <laughs> early on Sunday, no, that's the wrong one. I said it happened early on Sunday morning it actually happened early on Saturday morning. Um, and I don't think I actually said the hours on my forecast, um, but the hours I was thinking it were something like 27 hours, 26 hours and 43 minutes or something. Like it was just this random, I don't know what chart I was looking at. <laughs> I think what it was, though, see, this is what I'm saying about the power of Mercury and Pisces, is that I felt so com deeply compelled to continue talking about this dark moon on this podcast, but it had passed. And so I tricked my own brain into thinking that it hadn't passed so that I could talk about it. 
And the lesson for the future is to have the flexibility as someone with Mercury and Pisces to have the flexibility that says, okay, this podcast is from Sunday to Saturday, but this thing happened yesterday and I want to talk about it. Um, so that was the first thing. And then the second thing is I said that Mercury will chase Mars at a distance of less than two degrees due to their retrogrades for two months, but actually Mercury will chase Mars for two weeks. Then they will separate in the second week of September and come back together at the end of October. So again, what I said about their dynamic isn't incorrect, but it's the timing and timing is everything. So, alrighty, that's a wrap on my personal rebellion against Verconian perfection and accuracy for the weeks. Um, thank you so much for listening, and here is the podcast. Oh, and I've prepared a little intro music for you. This is, this is going to be fun. Ready? This is really high tech, y'all. Are you ready? friends. Welcome to Eve Star's astrological weather forecast for the 28th of August through September the 3rd, 2022. I'm Eve Star, and I'm grateful you have turned into the song of the spheres with me today. This week has a lot of big energy. Thankfully, with some reprieve at the beginning of the week on Monday and Tuesday. The universe invites us to find peace and rest on these days in any way we can. Even if it feels so small, it will help. This week's astrology is hard, but there are rubies laid in this dark earth. There's gold in these hills. There are crystals in the deep where earth's tectonic plates have shifted so violently as to transform carbon into diamond. Are you ready? Of course you are. Here we go. Sunday the 28th. In the middle of the night, just past midnight Eastern Standard Time, the sun in Virgo squares Mars in Gemini. Three hours later, the moon moves in front of the sun disappearing completely from our sight worldwide. A Virgo dark moon, square Mars in Gemini. A moment of pause, an exhale. Darkness covers the face of the earth and then a crack of light. I am reminded of a Leonard Cohen song. There is a crack a crack in everything that's how the light gets in that's how the light gets in this is that kind of moon a cracking open moon a sudden split 
The vessel spills and waits to be repurposed, recycled. Yes, we do experience dark moons as fertile times, opportunities to set intentions for goals and desires and ready ourselves to watch them grow. But they are also and always a time for burying. The seed must be buried in the ground before it can sprout new life. Fertility requires compost. This is always, and it's sometimes like today, especially a time for letting go, for allowing death, for ceasing, a time to give up, a time to give in, a time to gather strength for the grief that will pour through the cracks of loss. And this too is sacred. There is no life without death. There is no inhale without exhale. There is no gain without loss. Later on Sunday afternoon, Venus opposes Saturn in Aquarius as Uranus and the North Node in Taurus square them both. This began last week with the moon in Virgo moving through to aspect each of them. This sliver of a new crescent moon brings its crack of light to the morning's challenging dark moon, to the <clears throat> roughhousing <laughs> many experienced in the first few weeks of August, as well as experiences related to the Saturn-Uranus squares of 2021, which remain close in orb through 2022. The Saturn-Uranus squares have been widely covered by astrologers, and we have all observed their cosmic mirroring of the myriad worldwide social standoffs, blooming like bionic fungus from the well-fertilized soil of 2020's Astro Bonanza. Personally, each of us bears our own burden of the internal battles between the old in us desperately demanding to survive, even at the expense of the new that is destined to take root. The struggle is not over, even though the square has passed perfection. As these outer planets slowly separate from each other, the fast-moving inner planets continue to whiz through the fray, giving us a multitude of opportunities to finish the work and finish it well. This Venus square Uranus opposite Saturn and the North Node is such an opportunity, beginning over the weekend and lasting through tomorrow, Monday the 29th. Monday morning, the moon moves into Libra, bringing us a Venusian kind of day. Heady conversation, pleasure-oriented, an awareness of our extremes, as well as our balancing skills as they stand. This moon conjuncts Mercury in early Virgo, just after entering the sign. And while Mercury is exalted in Virgo, the messenger is not unhappy in the air sign of Libra. So this can be a delicious conversation in the coffee shop kind of day. 
Additionally, today is a gift from the gods to ensure a moment of reprieve and recovery from the weekend's intensity. Even if this intensity continues in your personal life today, if you make concerted effort to find some rest, it will go a long way when you return to moving through those challenges. Tuesday the 30th begins some playful yet wonderfully productive planetary energy from Mercury and Mars that will last for the next two months. Today, Mercury in Libra moves to less than two degrees from a trine with Mars in Gemini. And Mercury will chase Mars at this distance between now and October the 29th. Mercury usually overtakes Mars very quickly, but as it is slowing down to retrograde, this does not occur. This role reversal causes a slow burn, a building up of momentum that won't resolve until the 26th, when Mercury is at the end of Libra and finally exactly trines Mars at the end of Gemini, just before Mars retrogrades three days later on October the 29th. These two engage in a playful yet serious cat and mouse with each other from the beginning to the end of their respective air signs, Mercury retrograding through September while Mars speeds ahead, then turning direct and zooming through Libra to catch up with and pass Mars in their October 26 rendezvous. To me, this feels very playful and yet also a lot may be at stake these two planets are both action-oriented, one physical and one intellectual. They get on like hotcakes, and they are in close orb of a harmonious trine with each other for nearly two months, intermingling both of their retrogrades, i.e. pulling us into their dance, with the back and forth, back and forth of a really great dance competition or bake-off, or final anticipated, highly anticipated championship of the season. It's a sense of both teamwork and competition, and everybody's having fun. Maybe this is even more to the order of when there's a space mission, and you see everybody on Earth in the control room who each play a part in the in in the technology that allows this mission to happen and they're watching the countdown the rocket goes up into the air maybe there are people on the rocket that makes it even higher stakes maybe they're not we'll see as this plays out but everyone's having the time of their lives this is their destiny to do this work and it brings so much meaning and purpose to their individual lives and to us as a collective and the intensity of watching it go off and the intelligence the physicality the communication the teamwork all of that that's in that is incorporated in pulling off something like this this is this is the kind of feeling like there is a playfulness there it's like when you do what you love you never work a day in your life but also they're working very hard and it's and it's serious the stakes are high that's the kind of feeling that i get from 
this particular dance between Mars and Gemini for these couple of months. And so today will feel like the start of it, but you have the next two months to do with this energy play what you will. So where in your life can you benefit from an increase in both physical energy and intellectual vigor? What stimulates both your mind and your body? Where would it feel good to channel both your mental and physical energy that can otherwise get stagnant and frustrated with transits like we are experiencing during these years? These are places where you can leverage the forces that are happening to your benefit. So to recap, this season's Mercury retrograde will play directly into the coming Mars retrograde. So you can think of this time period as, you know, they're going to feel different. The first half is going to be the mercurial half, the intellectual half. The second half is going to be the action half. And the retrograde is when these planets come closer to us. So they're offering us their power, which can feel overwhelming and we can blow a fuse. But if we can slow down and take in the gifts that we are that we are being offered, then we can use them. So I, I would say looking at this period of time, if if this is if this is resonating with you, then it's likely resonating in your chart. So to look at this period of time as a window of potential accomplishment and to write it in that way. So Wednesday the 31st through Friday the 2nd. On Wednesday, we have a Yod formation, also called the Finger of God, because it happens when two slow-moving planets in sextile formation, which is 60 degrees, create intense focus on a planet passing through a quinquanx, which is 150 degrees, to both of them at the same time, creating what I call a tall, skinny triangle in the chart. The correct terminology is an isosceles triangle, with two of the three sides being equal. Today, Venus in Leo is in the spotlight, which certainly comes naturally to both Venus and Leo, though it may not come naturally to all of us. Forming a quincunx with the sextile between Neptune and Pisces and Pluto in Capricorn. This can feel very uncomfortable. Like the beautiful exorcist in the episode of Sandman that I watched the other night, causing the exiting demon to tear apart the body of the man marrying the princess. We can feel like coming out of our skin in a very intense way. Especially with Saturn and Aquarius still loosely opposite Venus, right in the middle of the sextile between Pluto and Neptune. The antidote to this is play. What kind of play? The kind that allows our full-on sensual embodied expression to shine baby shine. Playing with energy this high will take conscious effort, pushing our edges and having the humility to be seen in the true light 
of who we actually are. The natural reaction to this kind of setup is to sink into frustration, to get angry and lash out, and or to retreat and hide oneself and reject the situation altogether. Additionally, the moon moves into Scorpio on Wednesday afternoon, increasing the challenge of finding levity here, as well as the opportunity for depth. So if you can take a deep breath, or a lot of deep breaths, decide to stay with the energy, with yourself, with others, and engage the situation the best you can, that's all any of us can do, with levity, laughter, and play, you can end up having a wonderful experience in the light of focused, bright, Venusian bliss. This energy will last in its fullness all the way through Friday, but we can still feel it ebbing even through the weekend. Also on Friday, Mercury in Libra opposes Jupiter in Aries, while Mars in Gemini will trine this Mercury and sextile this Jupiter. This is a quick but big burst of initiatory conversation. It can be jovial, electric, as quick as Quicksilver, especially with Uranus retrograde as a background low note sounding through all of this activity. This can be wonderfully magical and productive and enjoyable. It can also easily be overwhelming. And if you encounter overwhelm, here are some suggestions for how to move through it. Elementally, this configuration is all fire and air. So finding yourself some earth and water will help. Get in nature, take a bath, give your animal body exactly what she wants, be it food, movement, sensuality, sleep, etc., etc., etc. Give your animal body exactly what he wants, be it intense, extreme physical exertion, a protein-dense meal, sex, etc., etc., etc. Saturday the 3rd continues this jovial ride with the moon's early morning ingress into Sagittarius, opposite this Mars and Gemini, lighting up the whole Mars-Mercury-Jupiter configuration, bringing more Sagittarius fire to the joyous conflagration and pulling it down into the personal, closer to Earth, deeper into our moods, and into our experience of ourselves and each other in whatever is unfolding. So yeah, this is a big week in what feels like an ocean of big weeks. I was recently listening to Chris Brennan's podcast and they summed it up well, I thought, saying that the bar has been raised for intense astrology in recent years. Our bottom level at this point, day to day, feels like the peaks did in the 20-teens, and today's peaks continue to rise, requiring more and more of our strength, courage, and devotion to sustain ourselves and each other through it. This is a big week, and we are equal to it. 
We came here on purpose. We can do this. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. <laughs>